With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Have you ever just thought to yourself, why me? Why is life so unfair? What do other people see? When they watch me walk by, when I catch my reflection, people run like I have a contagious infection. But it's not my mental health. I know that can be crushing. I'm talking about plaque psoriasis. Bet you didn't see that coming. I'm sick of the judgment, the discomfort and itching. Vitama Cream is the once daily steroid-free treatment I know I've been missing. Vitama Tepinarov Cream 1% is a prescription topical treatment for adults with plaque psoriasis. Do not use if you're allergic to Vitama Cream. The most common side effects of Vitama Cream include red raised bumps around the hair pores, pain or swelling in the nose and throat, skin rash or irritation, including itching and redness, peeling, burning or stinging, headache, itching and flu. Tell your doctor about all the medicines you take and if you're pregnant or plan to be. Ask your doctor if Vitama Cream is right for you. You deserve more from your topical. To learn more, visit topicaluprising.com. Celtic State of Mind. It's Monday afternoon. I'm Paul John Dykes, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Colin Watt for the Axon Bulletin. Colin, we have never done a post match quite like this. 9 nothing winners yesterday. Let's focus on that. Piling on the agony, P 
putting on the style. Don't know if you want to give us a wee song. The Ange Posh the Coglu machine is in full effect. What did you make of that yesterday? That was um that was football at its finest yesterday. Um we've spoken about the performances already this season, um and how Celtic have really just about been clicking in and just been warming up the engine, getting ready to go. Yesterday we hit fifth gear, we hit top gear, we were absolutely on fire yesterday. Um and this is a kind of this is what we're going to see more often, I think, from an Ange Postacoglu team. Dundee United aren't going to be the only unlucky ones this year. I mean, yeah, Celtic had get the chance to play Dundee United at what could possibly be the best time to play them, mm. considering the kind of state that they're in just now. But that's away from home, at home, against any of the kind of bottom six sides, maybe a cup tie. I think we could easily, and I said this after the Kilmarnock game as well on here, we will hit double figures this season. And I'm convinced now there will be more than once. You know, when I heard talk of that last season, um, I thought to myself, behave yourself. I heard that a few a few times, people saying that we would score 10 in a game. Uh, and obviously, I love, I love like many, many Celtic fans, love going through the history books, looking at the old scores and all that. And I know that there has been occasions like the uh, 9-0 game against Coca-Cola. We've got the match-worn jersey in the studio, the away team. Big green jersey with a K on it. Um, we beat Hamilton Aki's 10 nothing. I remember in the return game, a lot of the Quality Street gang made their debut because we were never going to lose the tie. That was when it was a two-legged affair in the League mm-hmm. Cup. But in my lifetime, I'm thinking about games against Arbroath, where we beat a Danny McGrain Arbroath team. I think it was 9-1. I remember the Hamilton game, 8-0, back in 1988. And I remember the 9 nothing game against Aberdeen. Yeah. Um, and, and I was thinking that, not quite a generational thing, but you get to that point where you could get any double figures very, very rarely. So when people were talking about it last year, Colin, I was thinking, no chance. But then I'm watching it in motion yesterday, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, that is as close to a 10 nothing as I've ever seen. I mean, we probably should have scored a few more. There's a couple of decent saves by the Dundee United keeper. McGregor um, hits one just short of the post, and you think... Yeah, do I now believe that we could do it to a team? I might sound foolish by agreeing to that, but that performance yesterday would would suggest that we could take teams to the absolute cleaners in this domestic campaign. If it wasn't for that Yuri Geller moment with David Turnbull, then I'm convinced it would have been at least more than 10. We could have been going for the records yesterday. I thought Yuri Geller um, supported Redden. Well, I think it was Sporting Dundee United the way that ball took a bounce off the David Turnbull header yesterday. I mean, it was so unfortunate. If that goes 10, it could have been 11-12. Um, and you could have been talking about the actual proper record. Yes, OK, we beat the uh, away record yesterday. The previous away record was a 9-1-1 over Clyde back in, I think it was the 30s or something like that. I wasn't um, at that game, uh, before you ask. Yeah, I'm sure you um, were it's absolutely gutted to miss it. Listen, um, Colin, for anybody who's wondering where that comes from, you genuinely thought that I watched a, a team managed by Jimmy McGrory. Now, his his final game in charge was in 1965, mate. Uh, yeah, we'll get back to that later, right? Come on, we're, we're on positive train here, um, Paul. Let's not derail ourselves here. Um, yeah, I remember the 9-0 game against Aberdeen and... I was at that game, and one thing you have to remember about that game is Aberdeen went down to 10 men, I think just after the first goal or just before the first goal. Uh, Paul Hartley, I think it was, it got sent off. Mm, yeah. um, 
So you were who scored? Who scored the ninth goal? Uh, the ninth goal was a penalty by Paddy McCourt, was it not? Ah, good shout, yeah. Well um, so, and we missed chances to make it 10 that game as well. There was definitely plenty of chances. You remember the UNESCO-esque game at Celtic Park? I mm-hmm. think Celtic won 8-0 that day. Um, and obviously the quickest hat-trick in European football was scored. Mark Burchill. Um, Mark, by Mark Burchill. Uh, we beat Seduva, was it 8-0? As well at home, um, so there has been some some really big score lines. Obviously, Dunfermline away. I know you didn't want to bring that one up because it's a wee bit close to you there, Paul. But uh, the eight-one away one at East End Park. I've got a Dunfermline man sitting right here. He's talking uh, about eight-eight-one defeats against Dunfermline at East End Park. I won't tell you who it is. He will be on a future show on the channel. But yeah, he's he's grimacing at the the thought of that. I remember because Neil Lennon scored that day, didn't he? He did. He scored that day. Sean Maloney scored an overhead kick. I think uh, Matt Zarafsky scored uh, four that day. So well, well pronounced. Um, but we'll talk about the performance. Some of the players who are, I think, coming to a point where they're looking even better than they did last season. Hatati being one of those. But let's start off by talking about Joe Hart. And I'm mm-hmm. keen to bring in as many of these um, comments as possible, even if it is a song from Ridiculizer, it's just that kind of mood on a Monday after you beat a team 9 nothing. I'm not sure, Ridiculizer, if anybody is going to join you in a rendition of that uh, on the stands, but who knows, it's it's uh, it's acceptable on a day like today. Uh, Joe Hart, um, let's talk about him, not just what happened yesterday, Colin, but the impact that this man has made cannot be underestimated and I know when you win, win 9 nothing, and there's been two hat-tricks scored some phenomenal football the flair the creativity the entertaining football it's easy to forget about the man at the back but he played mm-hmm. a massive part yesterday um, he took a few staples in the head as a result of that as well um, but he's been absolutely huge to the success of this Ange Postacoglu side hasn't he? Yeah absolutely he's that sort of father figure at the back Um where you've lost the experience of Scott Brown, in came Joe Hart, and no offence to, to Scott Brown, but Joe Hart has had the experience of obviously playing in the Champions League, playing at the highest level before. Scott Brown offered the, the dig and the guile um, and the experience of being uh, playing in the Scottish League. But, I mean, imagine having those two as leaders in that dressing room. I mean, if you could have took Scott Brown back a couple of years and um, brought Joe Hart in earlier, who knows? That, that could have been a really successful pairing. Um, in the, the sort of captaincy ranks obviously Cal McGregor stepped up this season as well and um, it's it's great to see a vocal team on the park it's great to see a team that comes together when mm. you look at the goals yesterday every single player with the exception of obviously Joe Hart is celebrating those goals how many times last season or the season not even last season the season before are you looking and you're thinking right there's two or three players they've got a wee clique here they're celebrating the goal together. This is an, a team that's come together um, and it's been really well moulded by clever signings. Mm. Now, you, you think back to what Ange Postacoglu said when he was bringing in players. He wasn't just bringing in players for the quality that they bring. They were bringing in for the personality that they bring to the dressing room. You were bringing them in for the sort of person that they were. And you think back to um, last January when it was between... Uh, Riley McGree and um, Matt O'Reilly as to who Celtic were going to bring in in that sort of number 8 to 10 position. Now look at the, what's happened to Riley McGree. He thought he was better 
than Celtic. He says he could have went and done it. He's going to get into the Premiership with Middlesbrough. The boys barely kicked a ball for them. I think he scored one or two goals. Matt O'Reilly's came up here and been an absolute revelation. He was outstanding yesterday. Mm. Um, and it just shows you that Ange's got the, the sort of smarts to pick the right guys for the dressing room and get the right guys in. That's why, when you look at it, Joe Hart, at the time, a lot of people were kind of writing him off. He's not someone who was great with the ball at his feet, but he's the right character for that dressing room because he's brought that back four together and they know that they can trust him. Even if the guy gets beyond them, nine times out of ten, he's going to make that save. He made a fantastic save from um, Stephen Fletcher. At, was it six or seven now when he tipped it onto the post? Mm-hmm. He's putting his body on the line right at the start when he, he obviously gets the staples. But he's that calming influence at the back and I think it helps... And it's really developed the likes of Greg Taylor, Anthony Ralston, knowing that even if they do make a mistake, there's someone behind them that's going to bail them out. And having that player can be worth far more than what his transfer fee was. Yeah, I mean, the, the influence of Joe Hart on some of the players you've mentioned cannot be um, overlooked. We paid just over a million quid for him, Colin. And I know that we talk about the best transfers of all time. And a lot of the time, Henrik Larsson's comes into that uh, bracket when you look at what we paid for him. And I'm not comparing Hart to Larsson, obviously. Uh, however, in terms of the, the value that you've had out of that one million quid in this day and age, it's been an incredible buy. Uh, as you say, putting himself on the line. I remember a discussion I had when I was writing Andy Lynch's book and I used to refer to a central defensive partnership and he said, you can't think like that. It needs to be a, a, a central defensive trio because the goalkeeper's part of it. Mm-hmm. And I never ever thought about football like that. But obviously having played the game at a high level and uh, coached over in the States, etc. Andy did. And he said at that time, the, the partnership we had between, I think it was Van Dyke and, and Denier and, and the goalie, he said that was pivotal. And then I don't think we had that in the last season under Neil Lennon I think it's pretty obvious we didn't but we've got it now Um, we'll talk about the central defensive pairing in just a moment Um, do we rest Joe Hart against Ross County I think it would be smart to do it Um, I was actually surprised they carried on yesterday I I hate seeing um, players take a a knock to the head and obviously we know um, the sort of stories that have come out of former players that have um, had CD's head knocks in the past and mm-hmm. I just think this, if there's a time to um, avoid any more exposure to that then you've got to look at doing it um, So, and you look at it, you said on the, the post show and, um, yesterday that I, I was listening into that last year you looked at the bench and you're thinking right, it's either Scott Bain or it's Barkas and you're like no, we Joe Hart's got to be there but now you've got someone like Benji Segrist who as you said was the, the best keeper outside of probably Celtic and Rangers last season and he's someone that you know you can turn to and that you can trust mm-hmm. because looking at his performances that's what attracted them to the bigger teams is knowing that if he can do it for Dundee United he can do it for a bigger team um, and you, you see the difference now I mean, with a Benji Seagrist under United concede nine to Celtic yesterday? No chance. Even on the way that they were playing? I don't think so. No way. So, I mean, yeah, come Wednesday, if there's a chance to rest Joe Hart, just to make sure that he's 100% okay, then, yeah, I would um, I would make sure that Seagrist takes the, the gloves. There's a few things there, Colin, from what you were saying that, that came to mind. Firstly, was it not against under United at home where we had a moment where Joe Hart went down and we thought, the 1-0 yeah. game where Abada yeah. scored in, in the last minute and you kind of thought 
Hart's going to have to go off there. And we'd spoke about it in the pre-match, just uh, strangely enough, we'd actually spoken about what do you do if Hart gets injured? And we were all worried, really concerned. Obviously, you're concerned at any injury, but what you're saying there is right. If Seagrass had come on, you'd have been pretty confident that he would have been able to um, take the gloves. The fact that, that Hart stays on, um, I think his attitude is that he would try to, in any case, but there's no way he wants to go off when he knows another goalkeeper is there to to step in and, and you know, he's a better goalie than, than we've had previously. So I think um, it's important to highlight the fact that Joe Hart has been massive to this turnaround under Ange Postecoglou. And I want to run through most of the others as well. But before I do that, Danny Riley points out that we beat Airdrie 9-0 in the early 60s. I've not checked the Celtic wiki yet, but I'm sure Big Yogi, the daily departed Yogi, scored in this game. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Danny. Big Frank Haffey, the goalie, missed a penalty to make it 10, and I was there. Wow, I love that kind of nostalgia. That's incredible, Colin. I certainly wasn't there, going back to the previous comment that Colin had made. Paddy Lavery, welcome to the show, Paddy. You're commenting on YouTube. King Kenny must be a happy man. Both his teams winning 9-0. Liam, who was on the show yesterday, Colin, said after we went off air... Um, he made the point rather that uh, both Celtic and Liverpool have just won 9-0 and that's the next two opponents that Rangers are going to have um, in the league and in the Champions League so uh, fair play to them if they, they come through that unscathed but uh, the way that Celtic are looking obviously we're, we're looking forward to that Rangers game at this moment in time Zhiranovic started off at right back uh, gets on the score sheet Colin he's been the subject of a lot of discussion and uh, a lot of gossip around his whereabouts and what's going to be happening with him. I don't want to uh, put a dampener on it. Are you concerned that we that we might have an issue there uh, with a player like Juranovic? Because we said from the very beginning of pre-season, we're not selling a player. That's That was Axel's take on it. We're not going to break up this team, this machine that is working so, so well, and we stick by it. Do you have any concerns about Juranovic and the, and the links that uh, we've been reading over the last few weeks? No, none at all. None. I I can't see anybody that's a mainstay in this team um, leaving between now and was it Wednesday night Thursday night the transfer window closes Wednesday is that down to Ange in your view is that down to the influence of Ange Postacoglu I, I think between the, the influence of Ange Postacoglu and also the fact that you're looking at a team who have came together they've gelled really well we've got the Champions League coming up this is the the, the sort of thing where you hear all these players that say, I'm coming to play for Celtic because I want to experience the, the great European nights. Nobody tends to leave just before they go into their first Champions League campaign. Um, could I see a couple of players moving on at the end of this season? Potentially, yes. Um, but I think the, the whole idea of somebody going between now and Thursday is pretty kind of preposterous. I, I don't see anything happening. I mean, you've seen all these links. There's... Um, as you said, Juranovic, we're talking about O'Reilly as well, where it seems as if everybody in the top six in England's looking at him. No, I'm not I'm not having it. I don't see anybody leaving between now and then. Um I think it would really annoy um Ange if something like that was to happen. Um because I don't think he would have the right time to bring in the correct player to replace them. Mm-hmm. And I think now you're looking at a squad that's very settled and that would just sort of disrupt the flow right now I think you're talking about guys like Ayeti, maybe McCarthy, Johnson um, mm. they'll all move on um, but I don't see anybody that's in and around that sort of first 20 players because you've got the 11 and the 9 on the bench that would move on 
just now. No, again, another point I would like to focus on what you said there. It would annoy Ange, I think it would. We're building something special here. And he's an important building block of that 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 big picture is uh, Juranovic, no doubt about it. He reminded us yesterday again, um, there were moments when we were attacking, Colin, you can just imagine being part of that defensive lineup at Tanadice yesterday where you've got that front line, which is just astonishing. You've then got the next three in the midfield coming at you. And then playing just about five or ten yards out of your box, you've got Taylor and Juranovic just ready to pitch in as well. Uh, I mean, for me, when I'm looking at that, I'm thinking, and I know every team has their off days during the season, I get that, and there might be disappointments along the way, but nobody on that form in Scottish football can live with Celtic. And as I say, it's wave and wave, not just wave of attack, but wave of groups of players. You've got the front line, followed by Hatate, O'Reilly and Kalmak, and then the two inverted fullbacks, just breathing down your neck at every opportunity. Um, it was great to watch, and I hope that we do see more and more of that as the season progresses, Colin. I think when you look at it, the, the sort of thing that summed up the whole Dundee United performance yesterday was, I think it was maybe 6 or 7 nil. they go to bring on two or three young boys and Charlie McGrew's sitting on the bench and he's got his head in his hands because he's he knows obviously what it's like to play for Celtic and to be in a team that's as dominant as this, yeah. but to be on the other end of it and he, he, to not even be involved that's what I, was, I watched the game with my, my dad and my brother yesterday and I was saying to him, well, what do you turn around and say to these boys that's coming on at 6-7-0 down? Go and run about, go and try and change the game. It's, it's very unfair on them. Yeah, they're getting the, the chance to experience the atmosphere of playing against Celtic, but an experienced head is surely somebody that Dundee United could have turned to yesterday. And I think when you look at it, for me, it looked as if Jack Ross had kind of gave up after about 4 or 5 nil and just was hoping for the best. I think um, it's, a, it's a fair point because some of these players had given up before then by the looks of them, uh, Colin. And you, you brought back another memory there talking about Charlie McGrew. One of his uh, teammates, Paddy McCourt, um, this might have been in Greenock actually because obviously you're part of the CSC there. And we'd done a, an event in Greenock talking to Paddy and we were talking about that famous night against Barcelona in 2012. Um, interestingly, 10 years later, we're facing Real Madrid. You know, Barcelona were widely recognised as the greatest team in the world at that at that moment in time. This time round, we're playing the European champions. And I says to Paddy, I said, you know, well, you're not just itching to get on and be part of it. And he was like, no, nah, I was quite happy just to watch Celtic beating Barcelona. And I loved that. The honesty, you know, one of the biggest modern day results in Celtic's history. And he was just happy to sit there on the bench and watch it. Uh, Donny Boy, I'm bringing this up. It's a very important message from Donny Boy 67 Hi, guys. I'm taking a break from podcast for a while. Feeling a bit low. I hope you all keep safe and well and enjoy the team and club. And I'll see you all soon. Well, hopefully you're okay. Uh, Donny Boy, we're no experts, Colin or I or anyone on Axel when it comes to mental health but if indeed you did want to get in touch you can do because we know some people, Colin who would be able to give you some expert specialist advice um, if you are feeling that way so hopefully you can keep the chin up but if you need to get in touch please do so, Donny Yeah, Donny, yeah, everybody um, you, you'd be surprised at who reaches out and who gets help when you need it when you're at your lowest so Definitely um, feel free to, to reach out to any one of us um, and we'll, we'll certainly try and help you out, mate. Oh, 100%. Lanky, 67. All right, troops, how's it going? Now it's home time on my way back from Redden Festival. The reason I brought this up is it popped up on Facebook, um, Redden Festival 2000, and it was all around uh, you know, Celtic beating Rangers 6-2, Colin. 
right? Mm-hmm. And obviously our very own Kevin Graham, if you've not already seen the collaboration that Kevin did with the, with the club to commemorate that victory against Rangers, then check it out on their YouTube. It was also running on their Twitter page over the weekend where Kevin recites poetry over the six-goal drubbing of Rangers. And uh, it brought back memories. I missed that game, Colin, because I was at Redden Festival 22 years ago um, watching the likes of Rage Against the Machine when I could have been watching the Celtic machine, Martin O'Neill's machine, uh, beating Rangers 6-2. And I was looking at the poster. Uh, what a lineup! an incredible lineup! It was Oasis and Primal Scream on the Friday night. And uh, I remember Primal Scream blowing Oasis off the stage, I've got to say. Interestingly enough, you mentioned Uri Geller mm-hmm. uh, earlier. Uri Geller actually supports Reading, right? And he was talking about at the time, there was a bit of a a thing on Football Focus, I think it was, where he was in helping the team. He was using his mind tricks to help the team, right? And uh, Manny came on stage and dedicated one of the songs to Yuri Geller because we were in Reading Festival. So everything links in, mate. You mentioned Yuri Geller. Lanky mentions Reading Festival. Manny's a big Celtic fan, so is Bobby. And there's your link right there. Um, Greg Taylor, um, is another player that has previously come in for a lot of criticism and you watch him performing yesterday, Colin. And um, I've heard all the arguments that he, you know, he's not a European class player. He, he can't do it against anyone who's of a higher standard than the Scottish domestic game. Do you believe all that or is it uh, it's time for Greg to step up in the Champions League games? He's been brilliant for us this season. I think this a lot of that comes back to the same things that a lot of people, including myself, are probably saying about Anthony Ralston last season and how he managed to prove us wrong. Um, I think Greg Taylor has developed massively as a player over the last 12 months. Um, he's certainly found his place in that Celtic team. And at the minute, who's actually going to replace him? Because Bernabe came on yesterday and he was pushed further forward. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think at this rate you're going to be bringing someone like Burnaby in to replace Greg Taylor just now. Um, so as long as Greg keeps putting these performances in, and to be honest, he's been absolutely sensational since, I'd say, probably as far back as February this year. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to the, the 3-0 game at, at Celtic Park, he's been fantastic and that, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for development of players. This is one of the things, and I, I don't want to hark too much back to the, the season that we lost to 10 and the previous manager but that was one of the things that we, we said, there's two things that a manager can really do to a team, he can bring in the players to make the, the team brilliant, so you go back to Neil Lennon's first team when he brought in guys like Joe Ledley, Gary Hooper, Anthony Stokes, guys like that and it was a real strong team, Victor Wanyama, Virgil van Dijk or a good coach can develop players and you look at Ronnie Dyla, and I, I still reckon Ronnie Dyla is a very good coach. And I know you were speaking about him yesterday on the podcast, and you are saying that the young players is his mm. legacy. Mm. So guys like Stuart Armstrong, Kieran Tierney, Callum McGregor, guys like that, James Forrest that he brought on. And when you look at Ange Postacoglu, he's been able to do both. Yeah, He's been able to bring in those quality additions in the likes of Kyogo, Jota, Abada, Dies in Maeda, players like that. But he's also managed to develop players as well. And you look at Anthony Ralston, you look at Greg Taylor. Um, I would even say that there's been sort of development from guys like James Forrest to an extent. James Forrest, when he came on yesterday, looked a totally different player to what he was last season. 
Um, and I think you'll see that from some of the other ones that's kind of still in and around the team. Mm. If you're going to buy into the Ange Postacoglu style of football, then there'll be a place for you in that squad. Guys that are now leaving the team, they're the ones that couldn't fit into it. So you're looking at guys like Ayeti and players like that that are moving on. Yeah. They they just couldn't buy into it. Even young Owen Moffat, I know there's talk that he's going down to Blackpool and Scott Robertson, who a lot of people had um, big sort of hopes for that he would come in and be the new sort of Scott Brown. If they don't fit in the Ange Postacoglu style of football, he's brutal, but he's fair and he lets them move on. He doesn't leave them hanging around Celtic Park. You, you look at guys like um, Kerr, Kerr McEnroy, who mm-hmm. moved to Kilmarnock. He had been sitting in and around the fringes of that team, not even getting an opportunity for two or three seasons. And then he moves on. Ross Duhan, Connor Hazard, guys like that, they'll all move on. They'll all be given the chance to further their careers. But they'll also be given a chance if they want to buy into the, the Ange football style. And that's exactly what's happened to Greg Taylor. Mm-hmm. Because people would have said this time last year, we need a left back. We need to get somebody in. We need a better quality of player than Greg Taylor. Now he's actually developed to the point where you're saying, who's who's better than Greg Taylor just now? He's definitely, for me, the best left-back in the league. Well, I, I, I would struggle to give you a name of someone who's performed better, Colin. And I think that so often what happens is you get players who, uh, for any number of reasons, are almost unfashionable um, and they're easy targets. And I always remember this. And... You know, when, when Tony Ralston's name was mentioned on Axon before he came in under Ange Postacoglu, you were ridiculed for even mentioning him, never mind what the player was getting. And I think that uh, Greg Taylor went through a, a period there where he was very unfashionable as a Celtic player. Um, and some folk have said, well, you know, what's going to happen if you're replacing somebody like Kieran Tierney? And I get all that. The, the legacy of Tierney is very, very strong. He was a fan's favourite. But I think um, hard work and then the introduction of Ange Postacoglu has worked wonders for players like to, uh, Greg Taylor and I think even McGregor to a degree you remember mm-hmm. some of the interviews he was given in the final season under uh, Neil Lennon where he, he wasn't performing he wasn't performing to the point that at the end of the season when we were talking about who was going to take over from Scott Brown as a captain I probably was one of the guys that was saying no I don't think McGregor's got that and he's proved me wrong and I'm delighted that he has uh, because he's proved that he's a fantastic captain Colin but his performances uh, and his his lack of influence, I felt, in the final season under Lennon uh, was alarming. But he's, mm-hmm. he's come on brilliantly under Ange Postacoglu. I know that he performed superbly under Brennan Rodgers as well. He was introduced by Ronnie Dyla. Um, and I just don't think he performed that well under Neil Lennon, who, by the way, didn't play him in, the, in his first spell. He was 21 before he got a kick of the ball for the senior team. And that was under Ronnie, like you said before. Daniel Brown, great attacking display. Now we can expect to be tested at the back. Rangers and Real Madrid will be the first teams to test us. Well, it will be a test. There's no denying that. There's going to be a different kind of game uh, to play in between uh, those. And that is against Ross County, um, who give us a stiff kind of test generally. Colin, I know that we, we beat them pretty comfortably previous uh, previous this season. Stephen Farrell, hail, hail from the red car, CSC boys, invincible treble incoming. Well, I'd like to see it. We've seen it before, haven't we? Um, and you know what? It is a team that I've seen a few tweets coming out. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. 
based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Um, was it Chris Sutton, perhaps, that um, posed the question that whether or not this team is better than Rodgers is? Is it too early to say that, Colin? Are we getting a wee bit carried away? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, that's not a comparison just yet. I mean, as Angel tell you yourself, trophies are handed out at the end of the season. They're not handed out for 9-0 victories over Dundee United or um, anything else that certain clubs want to claim a trophy for like having the most visited stadium in Scotland or something whatever it is that they're celebrating this week um, we have to continue this form and Wednesday is every bit as important to Ange Postacoglu as Saturday coming up. He will not want to turn a 9-0 victory over Dundee United into a, a scrappy game against Ross County on Wednesday night He'll want to continue that form and keep it going and then keep it going into Saturday. And it's one thing that Celtic have managed to do now is take a look at the fixtures one game at a time. Instead of looking ahead, they've kind of went one game at a time. So obviously, um, Jack Amakis missed yesterday's game. We believe it was because he was um, under the weather. It wasn't anything injury related. But we will see him probably back in the squad on Wednesday. Now, I would play him up front on Wednesday night um, because I think he's actually a better target man up front um, for a game against Ross County when you look at the defence that they've got mm-hmm. um, and the kind of strength that they put in there. But then yesterday, you take a look at it, and I, I would have said that Jack Amakis would have been a good option up front against Dundee United, and Kyogo proves us all wrong, and scores three fantastic goals and gets himself in behind the defence every single time. And when you're playing on that sort of form, it's very difficult to drop someone like that. So this is a sort of headache that every manager probably dreams of but hates at the same time, is they've got a squad of sort of 20 to 22 players that Mm. you could pick any one of them. And now what we're seeing is when you're bringing these players on off the bench the standard's not dropping. How many times previously would you have made three, four subs and you're like, right, that's the game done? Kind of, I think it was like 5-0 we made the, the three changes yesterday. Or the, at 6-0 we made the three changes yesterday. We brought on Moy. We brought, in fact, four changes it was, wasn't it? We brought on Moy, mm. Forrest um, and whoever. And you're going, right, That's that, that would normally be the game done. You'd sort of see out the last 20, 25 minutes. The intensity never dropped. And... You're going to see that again, whether you bring in six changes on Wednesday, whether you change the whole team on Wednesday. I don't think the intensity drops at all because each of these players now is saying, I want to try and get that jersey. I want to be playing week in and week out for this team. And the only way to do that is to put a performance in. Well, we'll have a look at some of those performances uh, off the bench as well because, as you say, the intensity did not drop when we made the changes, which has been a massive factor. I mean... 
at certain stages last season, we were talking about a drop off at sixty minutes, Colin. Mm-hmm. You remember where we were having a great first half, and then first fifteen of the second, and then it was dropping off a wee bit. That intensity, and we were trying to look at reasons for it. And there were some comparisons made by Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool side when he first went there, and the intensity. It took a while for the players to adapt to that. So I think you've got a combination of the players fully adapting to it, and then obviously the newer players coming in who are of a higher quality. There's no spectators in that Celtic squad, that's for sure. If, if you're not contributing, Ange Postacoglu will shift you on. And I think that, you know, it, it, was, it wasn't a knee-jerk with, with Sorrow, it wasn't a knee-jerk with the Jetty, not even Barkas. You know, he tried it with these guys mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, he persevered with some of them. And then he's, he's realised that they're not going to, you know, fit his system and, and on you go, uh, off you pop. Paul Cook, afternoon, Paul and Colin, happy Mondays, oh. boys. Yeah, happy Mondays. We do love the happy Mondays. There's a shameless plug for our gig in November. If you want to come and see me talking to Sean Ryder, it's uh, Barra's Art and Design. The tickets are on sale now, 18th of November. There's been culture. I think we all know somebody was going to get a doing more to follow. I hope you're right, uh, Durban Culture. And thank you for joining us. John Sweeney, I would prefer Jens for the Rangers game. More assured on the ball. As Starfelt had a few dodgy moments yesterday. Well, um, just on that point, John, we are going to talk about the two centre-halves yesterday. Firstly, what I wanted to say is, Carter Vickers is at the stage now, Colin, where he's so consistent, often you don't talk about him after the game. Mm-hmm. Because there's an expectancy um, level of his performance that he just plays well in every single game. That we don't actually highlight his performance a lot of the time, but he's putting the performances in week in, week out. And yesterday, what I thought was interesting, John Sweeney picked up on Starfield. I thought Starfield done really well against Fletcher. Mm-hmm. Fletcher's going to give a lot of centre halves problems this season, right? He's not a player that, other than that time, uh, where Strachan should have signed him in the January. He's not a player I've ever wanted since then to come to Celtic. I know that um, he alluded to it himself that Neil Lennon tried to get him, didn't he? Mm-hmm, yep. um, in his final season. But he's gone to a team like Dundee United and I think they, as a club and as a team, needed more players like Fletcher. Like you were saying earlier, the experienced heads. Yep. He had a couple of chances. He was obviously involved early doors with, with Hart, who came off second best. And I thought he gave Starfield a really, really tough game, but I thought Starfield stood up to the challenge pretty well. Yeah, I mean, Starfield obviously coming in, starting a game for the first time since, what, last season? Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's that's part of the thing that he's going to take a bit of time to get into his squad. I was very surprised um, that Jens was actually dropped. I didn't think Jens had done much to, to kind of have that. Um, place on the bench yesterday I thought he would have probably started but again when you look back at the, the partnership that Starfield and Cameron Carter-Vickers put together last year, you can see why Ange probably still picks that as his number one um, combination and um, fair play to him again, another clean sheet, that's the most important thing um, Stephen Fletcher look, he's not somebody who I think is necessarily going to come up here and be the top goal scorer in this league um, prim- primarily because as long as Jack Ross stays at Dundee United I think they're in trouble but he is someone who offers that experience he's played for his country at, ha- at almost the highest level he's played um, in the English Premier League he's played in the Championship he's played in Ligue 1 he's got that experience and bringing someone in like that um, it-, it can make a big difference to a team mm-hmm. now at the minute you're you're looking at that Dundee United team and you're saying look there's something not quite right there because they've got some quality, quality players. 
Um, Jamie McGrath, one of the best players in Scotland last season. Dylan Levitt from Manchester United, who I generally think in a season or two's time could come into Ange Postacoglu's plans um, as a potential signing. Um, and you're looking at um, other players like Harks and Tony Watt, and you're thinking this team... Smith at paper, the back. Smith at the back yeah. is always a solid player. You're looking at that team on paper and you're thinking... They've got to do a lot better than what they're doing just now. They've conceded something like 24 goals in the last four games. Mm-hmm. And that's that's heavy going. Now, what does that come down to? Does it come down to a lack of confidence? Does it come down to what whatever it is? But then you, you look at Celtic and it's the total opposite. You can bring players in that maybe haven't played for six, seven weeks and you can bring them into a team that's playing as well as this. And like Starfelt, who hadn't really started the game since last season, slots in and I didn't really notice him apart from his goal yesterday. I thought, obviously, there is going to be times it's football, both teams are going to get chances. And I thought they they did well to keep Stephen Fletcher to chances from not necessarily long range, but sort of the edge of the box and pushing him wide and stuff like that, so that he'd never really had a a great one-on-one with Joe Hart yesterday. Because if he did get one, there's every chance he could have scored. And when you look at it, I would say that the fact that you're not, as you said, you're not mentioning Cameron Carter-Vickers. You're mentioning Starfelt's goal. You're not mentioning his defending. Hmm. You're not even mentioning the, the, the chances that we've missed yesterday because we've put in such an assured performance that it is the Ange style of football. One of the guys from the, the Down Under podcast said it yesterday. Celtic's style is attack first. Def- care about the defence later on. Care about the defence at the end of the game. He says you could. You, you've had this sort of thing where we could see Celtic maybe winning games six three seven two stuff like that. And for some people, that'll that'll not be the the sort of the thing that they want to see. They don't mm-hmm. want Celtic to be as open as that. But this kind of flowing style of football is exciting to watch. And yeah, okay, there might be times, as David Boyle was saying here, where Starfelt stuttered on the ball and then uh, his pass nearly caused a goal. Yeah, th- there is going to be times like that. And a lot of people don't like the, the, the passing it around the back and playing out from the back still, despite the fact that we've been doing it for over a season now. But when you look at results like that yesterday, you just know that we're on the right path and we are going to make mistakes. We are going to see things like that where Starfelt accidentally or has that moment yeah yeah but if we get over it even if Dundee United had scored one yesterday 9-1 isn't exactly the end of the world the, the, that moment and I did mention it but not to have a dig at Starfield I mentioned it because I think it was the only moment at the back where you could say we've made an error mm-hmm. and it was twofold I mean when you're looking at Starfield's got the ball at his feet I think what Ange will be doing is looking at where are his options because Juranovic actually wasn't an option right so he's facing Starfelt and he's got the Dundee United player right behind him I think it was Middleton that eventually struck the shot right so he's right behind Juranovic Um, so he's a wee bit slow to react but he's been robbed because it was one of the hospital passes right Mm -hmm. 
But I think what Ange will be doing is looking at where was where were his other other options. So he's facing up which midfielders coming and showing for it. Uh, I'd need to watch back to see if that did happen. But again, it's minor in the great scheme of things, and I certainly wouldn't be focusing on it, Colin, because I think overall Starfield had a, a decent game, and like you say, he's just coming back in. We were talking about it yesterday. Um, we can confidently go in. I would expect the, the central defensive partnership to be the same. Uh, against Ross County and we'll be going into the game against Rangers knowing what Carter Vickers and Jens gives us and also knowing what Carter Vickers and Starfelt this season gives us as well and that was yeah, important definitely and you take a look at it Starfelt wasn't exactly setting the header alight at the start of last season we've already kind of established that he's someone who needs a couple of games to get up to the, the sort of level of where he needs to be and when he does reach that level he was very, very impressive. I remember, was it just around November time when he picked up that injury, maybe at home to Livingston, where he overstretched for the ball and he kind of pulled his hamstring. Um, and then you, he brought in someone like Welsh to uh, play mm. alongside Cameron Carter-Vickers. I, I mean, you take a look at it now. Jens has obviously came in and he was very solid from the word go. He had a couple of dodgy moments against Kilmarnock as well, but nobody really brought it up. He had a moment where he slid because of the pitch and he nearly let, I think it was um, Ollie Shaw in at one point as well. But when you look back at it, you're only looking back at the performance as a whole. You're not going to pinpoint those moments. Yeah, okay, someone says earlier that the point is that against teams like Leipzig and Real Madrid and even Shakhtar, those chances could um, be something that causes us to, to lose a goal. Mm. It's also the same in the league as well. But if you continue to play the style of football that Celtic's going to play, those opportunities are few and far between. And if you're the team that's dominating and controlling the ball, I know it's going to be very difficult against a team like Real Madrid to do that. But you play the Celtic style of football and we create the chances. That, the thing with that is Starfield sticking to Postacoglu's principles by playing that pass. Yes, it was a poor pass, right? But he would much rather he played that a pass within 20 yards than putting his toe through the ball and clearing it up high because that's not how Postacoglu wants to play so on the one hand I can understand why Starfelt was doing it it was a poor pass but he does seem to he's on a short leash with a lot of Celtic fans Carl, Star, Carl Starfelt and he is criticised pretty quickly if he makes a mistake Colin I think that's the point you're making with Jens mm. there um, as well and you know what I'd much rather get the mistake out of the system in a 9 nothing at Tannadice than you know against Rangers or Real Madrid when those games come up Jay McElvey big big week coming up think we can lay down a marker this week also think we will sign one more player you were talking there about Starfield dropping out through injury and being replaced by Welsh a player who I think both of us have kind of um, championed him over the piece Colin you've seen him at uh, Morton a, a few years back mm -hmm. as well on loan but um I've got to say, I've got him written down here because he's been out of the picture since he also had some kind of illness. He's, he's not been on the bench. We've brought in Jens. I don't think we could uh, we could afford to allow Welsh to go at this stage because obviously Julien's left the building. Um, but what part will he play? Is he going to be a, a bit part player? Is he the fourth choice centre-half in your view? He is. Um, that's... I mean, that's not necessarily a, a slight on him because having a player of Welsh's quality as a fourth-choice centre-half just shows the strength and depth that we've got in this squad at the moment. Um, I think, in my, in my opinion, he's fourth-choice. Maybe some other fans would see him as a third-choice or he should be in ahead of this player or he should be in ahead of that player. That's opinions, obviously, everybody's going to have them. Um, but 
looking at the way that Ange is picking the squad at the minute, you've got to say that, in his opinion, it does look as if he's the fourth choice. And I think he will get opportunities. There might be a fact that he, he maybe plays on Wednesday night away to uh, Ross County. That's maybe something that will get him some minutes in the legs. Um, but I can't see him lining up against Rangers on Saturday or even um, Real Madrid on Tuesday night. So he's he's going to either, between now and January, make the most of any opportunity that he gets. Um, and then maybe in January, depending on how the European campaign goes, maybe look at that opportunity to go out and get some minutes between then and the end of the season. I've always said I think he needs a, a good loan spell um, to be playing regular football because I think that's the only way he's going to get better. He's not going to get better in the training park. He's not going to get better not playing. I think when you're, you're looking at someone who's still very young, the best thing that they can do to develop their game is to be playing week in, week out. You know the the interest that we've had in Stephen Welsh, Udinese to lose. Mm, yeah. You know that there are there are scouts out there who are recommending him to teams across Europe. Um, I, I think one of those moves, at least, was a loan deal, wasn't it, Colin? Or were both of them uh, loans? It, I think it was the, the to lose was a loan with an option to buy. I think it was. I think Udinese was an, an upfront fee. Yeah, because I think that the. The, the pace at which we were um, unable to get rid of Julian has created a wee issue for Welsh. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, there might have been a loan deal because we could have brought someone else in. Uh, but we're at that stage now where I don't think we would loan him out because we need the bodies in yeah. that particular position. Magnet 67. I'll tell you what, I love the positivity here. I predicted we would hit double figures. Can you believe we're talking about hitting double figures, Colin? I stand by it and, in fact, we'll say now that we will set a new record here we go, Magnet. Will this be a moment that will be replayed in the future uh, on social media by overtaking the 11 nil V Dundee from 1897? Colin? Were you at that game, Paul? What are you saying to that? Just saying, were you at that game, mate? No, I I, I don't disagree with him at all. Uh, I think there's every chance that we could do something like that this season. Um, We're going to create plenty of opportunities. Yesterday, what was it, 30 shots, 13 on target. There's there's plenty more to come out of this Celtic team. I mean, that's playing away from home. Our best performances so far this season have came playing away from home, mm-hmm. whether it be the fact that Kilmarnock and uh, Dundee United never necessarily played a full sort of two lines of five behind the ball. I think there were there was gaps for Celtic to exploit yesterday, um, or what it, whatever it may be. But I do think there'll, there'll come a time where a team will come to Celtic Park and potentially walk away with a really, really sore one. Well, I'm looking at the, the league table and the start to the season of, of the teams at uh, the bottom kind of half and Dundee United were that team that were going to get scalped, Colin, let's be honest, right? Yeah. Um, I think if you were looking at a score uh, of that magnitude, 11 plus, I think you're looking at in the earliest possible rounds of the Scottish if someone does really, really well to stay in the competition and the draws at Celtic Park, then possibly, but... I don't think we'll do it against the Premiership side. Well, I mean, you, you take a look at it, all it takes is for someone to have a bad day. You go back to that Aberdeen game. That Aberdeen team wasn't the worst Aberdeen team that we've seen, but they lost a man early doors and gone down to 10 men. Either it, it works for a team because they, they tend to play better with 10 or the team totally collapses around them. Can you imagine, I mean, obviously we, we hear this all the time now that it takes so many fouls for a Celtic player to get booked. Mm. Like it's, it's the way that Celtic's playing football 
there's you've got to take it into context as to how the player's been fouled and not like what the foul is itself. I mean, you take a look at those two red cards that were picked up last weekend at Celtic Park. If they'd happened maybe, what, 10, 15 minutes earlier, could Celtic have exploited that nine men and maybe scored another three or four goals? Mm. There's, I think the way that Celtic's playing, they're going to get um, taken down. There's going to be some really harsh tackles and whether the refs decide to protect us or not will be up to them. But can you imagine a team that loses a man within the first 10 minutes of a game at Celtic Park? There's every chance you could be looking at that double figures, Paul. We'll, we'll return to this conversation, Colin. Uh, nothing is forgotten on Axon if you make a mistake or a bad prediction. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Up in the future, so absolutely. Uh, Celtic followers, surely Benji will be in goals on Wednesday given Joe Arrest. What's happening with Yakamakis? Uh, Colin, you reckon that we should start with Yakamakis? The last time we played Ross County, the team lined up as follows Joe Hart in goals with Juranovic at right back, Greg Taylor at left back, Jens and Carter Vickers in the central defensive positions with Turnbull, McGregor, O'Reilly. Uh, across the midfield and Maeda, Furuhashi and Yota up front. Would you make any changes to that team? Uh, because obviously we're playing the same team on the same park. Uh, I would. Um, obviously we, we played very well that day too. Sort of late goals gave us the points. Um, but I, I would maybe bring in Jens on Wednesday night. I would look at trying to bring in maybe Stephen Welsh. Anthony Ralston could probably get a start on um, Wednesday night in the middle of the park. I'd like to see Aaron Moy start again mm. because I've been impressed with his performances when he's came off the bench. Um, so I'd be interested to see what he'd be like starting a game. I think Abada probably deserves a, a shot at Thursday night as well. I think when someone like him is on form, you shouldn't drop him because he is a very confidence-based player. I think once he gets the kind of grip between his teeth, he's, he's up there and he's ready to play. I would absolutely rest someone like Jota. I would absolutely rest Matt O'Reilly. I would absolutely rest Kyogo because I couldn't face the thought of going into a game like Saturday or Tuesday without any of those three. Um, so I'd wrap them up in cotton wool starting tonight. Um, apart from that, I think it's kind of open for players to come in and, and play there. I, I like the fact that on um, Sunday there we had Jota and Abada as traditional wingers yeah so um, I don't think maybe Haksabanovic if his clearance comes in would give him a sort of fleeting appearance but I think Maeda will be the one that starts on the left it's one of the games where this season obviously we've been playing a game a week Colin and we've been talking about using the the squad and the rotational system when we start playing a couple of games in a week but with Rangers followed by Real Madrid coming up Ross County 
you know, traditionally a tricky venue to go to for Celtic. Um, you don't want to rest too many players, do you? But you've no. always got one eye on the game against Rangers. You don't want any injuries to be picked up. I can see a few changes. Bernabe maybe getting a start. Moy, like you say, getting a start. And as you were saying at the very top of the show, it's not as though you're dropping your standards there. No. when you're bringing the guys in. Um, so it will be interesting to see the lineup on Wednesday night. Lanky 67 again last season. I said we will get double digits against Scottish teams. Everybody's talking about double digits. Uh, the ref was feeling sorry for them. That's why we never played much injury time. Oh, Paul, don't, don't start. I want, I want to bring peeve. it up. I want to bring it up. That is generally my pet peeve in Scottish football. Mm-hmm. Is And I, I said it on here last week as well. It's what absolutely grinds my gears is making 10 subs in the second half, having all these injuries, having the, all the goals, and then he turns around and adds on one minute of added on time. It's absolutely pathetic. Why have we got to decide that we can only follow the rules of football if a game's close? There's no sympathy rule in Scottish There's no sympathy rule in football. It's not like baseball when um, you're so many runs ahead that you can call it uh, after so many innings. No, that, play the rules. It's the most simple rule in football to follow. If you've still got four minutes left on your watch and it's not 90 minutes, you play four minutes. And he didn't even play the whole minute yesterday. It's really one of the things that absolutely bugs me about football. Bugs me ridiculously. You could be three or four nothing up and you're enjoying the game of football. You've had all these subs and it goes, it's one minute added on time. They don't even explain how they get to that decision either. The, the the issue with that people might oh, think yeah, we're being no it's fine I, I like a Colin Watt rant on a Monday afternoon but people might think you've been pernickety Colin we've lost league titles on the strength of one goal one goal yeah so that's what it comes down to. And, and by the way we were turning the screw at that point to try and get the 10th you know so if you play an extra three minutes which I think probably was due you might have got that goal you know the, the Dundee United players were demoralised thrown the towel in Celtic are going for 10 in a different way this time round, and the chances are we would have got it. Daniel, where is Jim Moore? He's probably sitting in his front room having lunch, I would guess. Colin, any idea? Yeah, he's, uh, he stays around about the, the sort of Hamden area, maybe he's going down taking a look at some of the training that's going on. Um, I don't know, I don't know, Daniel, but he will appear every second Friday on a Celtic state of mind. He's a busy man. Uh, putting together his Bender Like Bertie tours and uh, check out his social media for the next uh, dates that are coming up as well. Much, much uh, hard work has gone into that and they're highly recommended, Colin. Yeah, absolutely. See what you've started. See what you've started. Did you get to see Charlie Tully? Now, Charlie Tully played in the 7-1 game, Jerry. Come on. I'm not that old, but that's Colin for you. We know you dye your hair, Paul, but it's it's all right. Um, Natural. Uh, look, see, just getting back to that there, uh, the, the sort of the injury time and the, the idea of potentially losing the, the, the league by a goal mm. and stuff like that. Now, I don't yeah. think it will maybe come down to that. But see, when you look at it, it's only ever Scottish football. See, if you watch a game down south, I remember watching, uh, was it Leicester-Southampton a couple of years ago when um, they won 9-0? And they played something ridiculous like 11 minutes added on time. Yeah, because somebody was down injured. It's you're doing fans out of the opportunity to watch ninety minutes of football, and you're not following the rules of the game. So if you avoid that rule and say, right, we're not playing for ninety minutes, we're playing for eighty-seven and a half because that's all we can be bothered with because it's nine 0 to another team. Right, will we just forget that throw-ins have got to be carried out with the ball behind your head, or that there's ten yards for a free kick? 
if you avoided any of those other rules, then the ref would be kind of seen as saying he's not up to the standard. But yeah. it's just a kind of common thing that, yeah, we'll just throw one minute on because we feel sorry for the team and we'll get him off the park. One time I've got to bring up, which obviously was in favour of Celtic, that I always find hilarious, was the playoff game against the Racing Club um, in 1967 for the World Club Championship. So basically you were crowned the best team in the world. Uh, the South Americans played the European, Celtic played Racing Club. Uh, Bertie all got sent off and refused to leave the park. So he got sent off, but he, he didn't leave. He just he, he played the, the, the game and um, didn't leave the pitch. So if you look at the record books, he was one of four Celtic players sent off that, that day, but he refused to leave. Only Bertie Old uh, could do that. So yeah, he he definitely bent the rules a little bit. Will McMillan, hail, hail from Oz. Excellent performance. Great viewing. Well, hopefully you enjoy the match day because obviously time dependent. We all have some of your um, fellow Aussies, I don't know if you're an Aussie, but you know, you're over there um, from Celtic Down Under who join us on the actual match day bulletins as well. So hopefully you're enjoying that collaboration. Uh, Pete McGee, I wonder if Matt O'Reilly really knows how good he is. Let's talk about the midfielders for a while, Colin. I think a big part yesterday, right? And it's not the only part. I mean, there's so many different variants, but when you look at the performance against Hearts at home, the 2 0 game, and you compare it against this performance, uh, a huge part of that for me was the midfield performance mm-hmm. and the way that we were able to really um, increase the tempo we play, uh, cut through their defence time and time again. And a massive part for me was actually Rio Atate coming back into the side. Now, we had a conversation after the game about Turnbull and how he seems to slow the game down a little bit. I thought he came on and played pretty well, actually, uh, to mm-hmm. be fair to him, yesterday. Um, but for me, the strongest midfield was the one that started yesterday. McGregor, O'Reilly and Hatati. I've been so impressed with two of the, the boys that only came in in January, Colin. But Pete McGee does ask the question, does he realise? I think he does realise. And that's something we need to be really wary of because he's another guy that uh, there has been interest in as well, Colin. Yeah, absolutely. As I was saying earlier on, I think basically the whole top six in England are looking at him just now and I'm not really surprised at that because he is someone who was on the books of Fulham, was very highly rated. Um, then what happened with the um, the shutdown of football kind of knocked his, his career progression and he ended up at MK Dons and then obviously up here um, at Celtic. And looking at his performances, he's, he's just so... Um, I'm trying to think. It's like nonchalant the way that he plays football. Like he does these passes and he he kind of takes these players on as if it's just like I can do this. Like he doesn't have any doubt in himself. He just plays it and the way that he kind of he's so effortless at times. When you take a look at his performance yesterday, I, I thought he was fantastic. Um, the the pass through uh, the defence at, at times. It's just you've been crying out for someone who can break down a defence and. Um, we said Tom Rodgick could do it Matt O'Reilly can also do it and mm-hmm. Matt O'Reilly can do it maybe at a higher level because he's probably a bit quicker he's technically maybe a bit more gifted as well um, and he totally suits the style of Ange Postacoglu football uh, and then having Hatati playing alongside him yesterday that was a fantastic dummy from Hatati that totally took the, the Dundee United player out of the game and then O'Reilly puts the crossover for uh, was it a badder to square it for Kyogo's hat-trick I mean Things like that, it's just, it's simple things, but when it comes off, it looks world class. And that's the way it is. We used to say about Olivier and Cham, sometimes he would have a fantastic game and we'd call him a Rolls Royce in the midfield. 
but then he would have that game maybe one in every five. Matt O'Reilly's having those games three, four, five out of five. Yeah. And we're very fortunate to have someone of his quality here. I think when he does move on, um, he will be someone that could potentially break the transfer record up here. That That's a bold statement, but I think there's a few players in that team, Colin. Um, and in particular, if we have a, a good showing in the Champions League this season, that could well be on the radars of some top, top clubs, some very rich clubs. Uh, Johnny Ryan, ideal time to bring on Seagrass yesterday. Why did we buy him? I think that comes down to the player. And I don't mean Seagrass, I mean Joe Hart. You know, um, it might have been a good opportunity to to bring in Seagrass yesterday at Tanadice, a stadium that he knows really, really well, mm-hmm. Colin. Yep. But it does come down to the decision of the medical staff and Joe Hart if he's able to still play. I, I, I'd far sooner look at uh, the commitment to Joe Hart, the fact that he's playing all my staples in his head. Um, but I do think we will rest him on Wednesday night. I think that's the time to see Seagrass making his first competitive start for Celtic. Um, we have talked for almost an hour. There's 90 seconds left, Colin. Um, and we haven't actually really dug into the two guys who, won- who scored hat-tricks yesterday, um, Abada and Kyogo. Kyogo's one of the players that, again, a wee bit like Carter Vickers, you expect such a, a performance from him every week that sometimes we don't talk enough about him. He started off tremendously this season. Um, and then you've got a badder who gets his first start and scores a hat-trick. I mean, um, you could ask 100 Celtic fans who should start over Maeda and a badder. I don't know if it would be 50-50. I, I've been shouting for a badder, but I know what Maeda brings to the, mm-hmm. the table as well, Colin. And then, of course, you've got Yota, um, who has been phenomenal, gets on the score sheet again. Looks as though he's cut his own hair. I don't know what that was about. But um, that that front three is is part of the reason that we are going to tear teams apart this season. Absolutely. And do you know what? It could be any front three, the way that they're playing just now. Whether it be Maeda, whether it be Jota, whether it be Abada, whether it be Jack and Marcus, Kyogo, they all seem to get into this sort of style where they know where each other plays, They've got such a good relationship with each other. Um, and to be perfectly honest, if you put any three of those up front, I would be kind of anticipating that Celtic score a couple of goals in that game. Mm-hmm. And that's such a difference from a season or two seasons ago where you make a couple of changes up there and you're thinking, yeah, we've lost a wee bit of something there. We've lost a wee bit of something there. So, yeah, I mean, a bad yesterday, absolutely outstanding. Every single one of his goals was almost a, a carbon copy of the other coming in at the, the back post, taking the defender out of the game. Um, that we have to say that pass from Aaron Moy to Dyson Maeda yesterday, that was absolutely outstanding. Um, and the way that Maeda brings it down and squares it, it's just so casually simple and yet it's so difficult to execute. Yeah. And we did it perfectly yesterday, absolutely yeah. perfectly. Um and I, to be honest with you, I mean, three goals and an assist for both Kyogo and Furuhashi yesterday. Kyogo's on six goals in four games. Um, a bad, obviously, with his hat-trick. Jota must be on about six assists and pu- pushing four goals. The goals and the fact that it's coming from everywhere all over the team, it's just a, a joy to watch just now and long may it continue. 
It's a machine, Colin, and this machine, the Axon machine, is about to uh, be switched off for this afternoon. Could talk to you for another hour easy on yesterday's performance and the way things are going. Uh, we will be back tomorrow at 12.30. Please vote for us in the FCAs. The link is underneath this video if you think that we're good enough to win another award. And uh, thanks, everybody. A, a thousand strong today on uh, the stream. Many of you were commenting. Thanks for getting involved. And thank you once again, Colin Watt, for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Take care, guys. Phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 With every monthly bill, like rent and car payments, you know exactly what you're getting when you pay for it. But health insurance plans feel like the total opposite. They're confusing and expensive. Then when you actually have to use your benefits, there are deductibles, claims, processes, and other red tape to deal with. But CrowdHealth puts you back in control of your health care. CrowdHealth is simple, transparent, and affordable. As a member, you'll get a personal care advocate who is with you every step of the way to help navigate the complexities of health events. They'll even negotiate bills on your behalf and could save you thousands of dollars in the process. Plus, you'll get access to thousands of other members who are ready to help pay for large health expenses. Experience healthcare freedom with CrowdHealth. Visit joincrowdhealth.com and use code HEALTH to get your first three months for just $99 per month. That's joincrowdhealth.com, code HEALTH. CrowdHealth is not health insurance. It's a totally different way of paying for healthcare. Terms and conditions may apply. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 